There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Love is the law, even when one of the gals with her name on the title of the show is not here. We're sending love out to her. We are sending love to our Laureen. feeling pain in her arm and maybe chills and fatigue and it's kind of funny people are you know um both Lori and i had our second vaccination i don't want to scare anyone off from getting vaccinated but everyone has different reactions you know yeah and um means it's working in your body and yeah, so yeah, yeah. um both of us we called you earlier in the week and said Brittany, we're both getting it you know and we had moderna and we had our second shot yesterday and we're like you know just heads up if if one of us kind of goes and Lori, um you know had a kind of a adverse reactions to a shingle shot last year and yeah. some other shots so she's kind of like i don't know but so we both you you texted us last night we're both like we're doing okay so far yeah 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 and then this morning you know last night i'm like rolling over my bed on my arm and like ouch and then i'm rolling this way and my knee kind of crunched last week a little bit and i'm like ouch and i'm like gosh and then i kind of had a little low-grade headache i woke up with a headache and some other people around here on second shot too but everyone's recovered i think you said rocco your wife had a little second yep. shot 24-hour thing yeah, pretty much you know i had couldn't really work much the next day but yep and my mom second shot nothing so it's just kind of different i mean did you have anything from your second shot same thing as the idea of like it was 12 hours tops yep. i sweat through my like sheets i thought i peed the bed but that was actually just sweat i woke up felt great yeah, I my mean, wife little, had the same yeah. sweat. Oh, really? Night sweat thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was a good, I say, yeah, that's a good way to do it. Just go to sleep. As soon as you're feeling bad, go to sleep. Because right. I like, wake up, and I felt, like, amazing. But a little embarrassed. I didn't feel, I didn't feel a little embarrassed that you thought actually I peed did this, wet the bed. Yeah, I thought I peed the bed for, like, five minutes. <laughs> and now I'm married, so peeing the bed is like, oh, God, I have to it's deal with it. not welcome. You know, I, when my water broke with my first child, it was in the bed. And, um... I thought, did I pee the bed? What just happened? How am I peeing the bed? When your water breaks, kind of thing. Is it a lot of water? Well, is it, it water? Well, what is it? <laughs> what the heck is coming out of your body? You rock horse in your own. Something what happens, but I didn't know if I peed or if it was, you know, because my first one was a month early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I'm just like, wow, I think, I think my water broke. You know, and so we called the, you know, the doctor and they said, well, you have to come in and we'll make sure what it was. Like, is it like if I put two hands together, is it like that much water that comes out? <laughs> oh, like, gosh. I really want like, to know. Your porridge, please. <laughs> Oliver, <laughs> Oliver holding up his hands. Yeah, I would say it's that. Okay. Maybe a half, gonna know. half a cup to you know, three fourths of oh a cup. I don't know. I don't know. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, I'm like, thinking, they, I can't and, remember. It happened know, to me with both of mine, though. 
it, they make it so dramatic in movies, and I just have this feeling that like it's you feel like, something, you feel something. It's a gush. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I thought it was. I thought I just peed. Right, so it's, it's not middle, an insane. It's like amount, at yeah. five in the morning. You know, and I thought, oh, did I just pee the bed? Especially because your soup's pregnant at that point, so. Let's not say soup. Soups. Soup. No, I know. Plural. Soup-y. Make it plural, Let's just keep soup out of this conversation. Soupy dupes pregnant. All right, so tell me if you think this is a do or a don't. So this couple is engaged. Yeah. And they didn't have a venue for their wedding. Yeah. So they toured this massive mansion in Florida, in South Florida, Um and the massive mansion has been for sale for a couple years. So they they just went, toured the property. It's, yeah. it's 16,000 square foot retreat on 7.2 acres. It has, you know, this huge nine rooms, big sweeping outdoor area and everything. And they decide after they toured it, yeah, pretending they were going to buy it. This would be a good place to have our wedding. They sent out wedding invitations with that address on it, thinking no one lives there. Who would know? Inviting people for the weekend. The the guy who owns it owns IHOP. And he's (sighs) trying to sell this property. Well, so the people start showing up for the wedding. Yeah. And he lives, he's, they thought no one lives there. So this is kind of a good scam. You know, if you think there's a property that no one's in. Yeah, but. There's so many it's questions. It's so ballsy. It's so ballsy. It's so ballsy. So the guy ends up, who owns it, calls the cops. And yeah. they said it was that God had told him to do it. Um, basically, they said that, you know, we are here. It was a brunch that they were going to have. And God sent us here. I mean, oh, dear. Okay. Anyway, this is a true story. It's been all over the news today. Yeah, yeah I just looked it about? up. I just read about it. And then and there's a link to the Zillow ad. It's a very nice it's, uh, property. Yeah, it's there's a nine-bedroom. a 15-bath property, currently under contract, um, $5.7 million if you're looking for some new property. But how, what kind of balls do you have to have to say, send out an invitation with the address to a home you don't live in and or haven't, and they asked them when they were touring the property, pretending they were going to buy it. Yeah. Could we, um, you know, rent it out to have a wedding? No. The amount of anxiety. Oh, I couldn't sleep. Yeah. I would literally live my life just sweating. I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to sleep. I, yeah, how could you have the event all day knowing that there's a chance that it's going to get busted? And you I, invited people there? Invite, with that address. Mortifying. I mean, and then the people come. And, and then how embarrassed are you that? You're like grabbing the gifts. Like, okay, we'll leave. Like, I mean, wild. They had all the chairs set up in the backyard for it and everything. I mean, that is some balls. That is. Like, that's. Beyond. <laughs> listen, I have to t- vent. I would be proud of that. Listen, I grabbed you a meal today, and Steve Patterson caught me grabbing two meals, and I started sweating profusely. <laughs> he like popped his head, and he's like, "Hey, you're only supposed to take one," and that has given me anxiety. Now, like, there's a person in this building thinks I'm stealing meals. Now, the idea of hosting my wedding at a I'm- at a house that's for sale? No, I can't. I. Ugh. I, I would die. I mean, you worry about if it's going to like rain or not. Imagine oh. worrying like, oh. That's I'm, a little worry compared to this. We might get this whole thing shut down in the middle of it, and it didn't even make it past like 9 a.m. Do you think I people know. flew down for the wedding? No, tour? I don't. Th- I, don't, I, don't I don't know, but um, it's just. It's just beyond. It's just to me. It's just so much beyond that someone could even think that that could happen. No, I, 
Even in my naughtiest of days, I could not handle this anxiety. <laughs> I couldn't handle I would. I can't handle anxiety. No. That's not my favorite That's, feeling. No. No, no, that one would be that one would be way, way, way too much to deal with, I think. But oh, I just kind of was like, wow, that is somebody who really, really is is interested in in uh they don't they obviously didn't care. No, they obviously live their lives like this, and it's gotta be exhausting. Plus, like I feel well, like you know, there was a show, squatter show, that Eddie um Lizard. Yeah. You know that actor? Is- Izard, Izard, and yeah. I called him Lizard. Yes, Izard was on about you know grifters mm-hmm. and stuff and how they would do this. And I was so stressed out watching that show <laughs> about going from home to home yeah. and just no one's here. We checked it out and then you live and then if you get busted, you're just like, well, whatever. We're sorry. I mean, I would. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I stole a candy bar in sixth grade from Seven Eleven. That <gasps> really did me in. I got busted for it, and that taught me a big lesson way I, back in the day. I can't be on air in a bikini. With you. I mean, that's something. Where did you hide yeah, it? Yeah, I had big boobs. That's something you do for survival when you're homeless. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, hey, let's throw a party. It's our wedding. You guys, what, we deserve this. What if he saw the invitation? The guy, the IHOP owner, like, you know what I mean? Like, it got around enough because you send him what months in advance. Like, what if somebody was like, hey, I'm going to this wedding at a house I thought you used to live at. Like, what if somebody said that to him? I, I would just die. This is the most premeditated thing I've ever I, heard. I know. All right, we, we're going to come back and we're going to talk random. Mm. We've got some random randomness for you. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You know, I saw this story the other day. Did you ever notice that? You know, sometimes I wonder what would happen if... And now, Julia's random thoughts. He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's just random. That's all it is. <laughs> Who, who has the cheeky implants? Everyone has them now, but at the, at the time when Rocco, you and I recorded that little thing, it's yeah. just random. Sam Shepard from, um, he used to be in Good Morning America, the weather guy, and then he got his own show on the Weather Channel. But he had just put in some big injectables into his cheeks. Yeah, I remember that day. Remember I think that I was day? just like, you were like, this uh, Random Thoughts needs an intro. And I was like, well, just... Come down to the studio and just say some random things. And I did. And that was whatever you said that day. You put on tape. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. It's been like that for like five years. I know longer. it. But it's always, but now I see everybody puts in the cheeky implants. It's just random. It's just random. <laughs> I remember we're doing that and I'm just like this. Chin. Chin implants are huge right now. Well, they so make all the say, difference in the world. What do you say in the open? You know, do you it's ever think about? about? Sometimes I wonder, I don't know, cheeky implants. He's, I have no idea. He looks like one of those guys, you know? You say that. Yeah, he looks so, like one of those guys, you know? But yeah. that's Sam Shepard, the weatherman, who I adore. Who, after he went to the Weather Channel and got his own thing, he's back. He does some moonlighting on Good Morning America. I don't know if he's associated with Weather Channel anymore, but he left a big deal. Ah. At the same time, it was Chris Como and Sam Shepard that both left GMA like at the same time. Ah. Good Morning America, I'm talking about. There you go. There's a little blast from the past. It's <laughs> okay. random. We have some good randoms, though, today. Oh, we've got a really great one. Um, okay, so there is this man. His name is John Jr. Mm-hmm. John Jr.'s dad, John Hinkle Sr., passed away. Now, what you need to know about John, both Johns, is they're big-time bowlers. They grew up bowling to the point that John Jr., the son, uh-huh. became a two-time NCAA bowling champion. Love it. So his dad took him to the bowling alley constantly. Mm-hmm. Well, his father passed away, and John Jr. decided that we're going to go ahead and make a ball that has these ashes. It's this custom ball that has these ashes, his dad, in it. 
so he can bowl and do in one of the fingers. Yeah, he shoves it in the thumb hole. Well, he didn't shove it. They put it in the thumb hole. Okay, and make it sound far yeah. less beautiful. Yes, it really, um, really. <laughs> so uh, he wanted to. He he looked at his brother. He looked at his brother Joe and said. I'm shooting a 300 with this ball. He bowls, though. A key thing, I think, here is he only bowls with two fingers. He's a two-finger bowler, so he doesn't need the third hole for his thumb. I didn't even know. That's why That's why they put the dad's ashes in mm, the thumb. I'm a two-finger guy. Are you a two-finger yeah. bowler? Yeah, I don't use my thumb. Either oh. does this guy. Well, How do you... I got a bowl of 300 with my ancestor's ashes in You might have <laughs> you to. You do. So he's a two-finger bowler. That's why the thumb was closed. Okay. I see. When I read that, I actually just thought it was because, now I see in the parentheses, he's a two-handed bowler. I always thought he just, like, they made it. Yeah. So, okay. Great. So um, that's weird. I've never, how can you hold a bowling ball, which is two um, fingers? I can barely I hold it with three. I cradle it in my forearm, oh. and then I give it a good twist, a good oh, you're a real a spinner. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I know it's not the way you should do it. Well, but. this guy, tell us what happened. So he's bowling with his daddy-o's ashes. Yep, he looks at his brother says, I'm shooting a 300 with this ball, Joe. And Joe's like, I hope. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, and he does. Uh, John said that he had tears in his eyes on the 11th and 12th frame that he couldn't even tell where the last ball went. He just kept throwing it. Um, he ended up getting a perfect game. Mm. I do want to say full disclosure... Even though it's it's very special to get a three hundred point game, and I'm not trying to throw shade at this. Oh, this ought to be good. Mm-hmm. Oh, this. But this isn't be good. the only time he's pulled a three hundred. He's so got like, it oh right, yeah. Well. Like it'd be crazy if I did it. Well, well yeah, duh. it'd be a crazy story if it came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, you assume right. that this guy. But the first time they're bowling with Daddy O in the ball, and they get a three hundred, that's but, pretty meaningful. So here's where it gets where my um, you know Debbie Downer thing will get ruined because oh, it's be good. it's really special because his dad never bowled a three hundred. His yes. dad did a two eight ninety eight, a two ninety nine, never had a three hundred, and now he said he can. He's going to say his dad did bowl a three hundred with him that day. Oh. That's sweet. That's Isn't very it? like. Can you bowl over a one hundred? Well, first off, I feel like that was throwing shade. Like no, assuming I, I'm a bad bowler. Well, I am. I actually, when I went bowling uh, for the first time ever, which was only like probably five years you ago on a date, I thought it was out of a hundred, so I thought I was doing pretty well. <laughs> and I, so actually, even guessing that I barely broke. 100, I was, I didn't know you could go over 100. So that was like. You thought you were really special. That's hysterical. I was like. I'm getting up to 100. I'm 100. I was like, oh, I'm at like a B plus right now. And we're like, got a few more frames left. Mm -hmm. But no. So Rocco's a big bowler. Lori's a bowler. I can't bowl for the love of God, but I like it. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Do you, what, like, do you get sore? No, I'm just bad. You're just bad. And so- I, I think I'm aiming. I'm watching the arrows. Lori told me to go watch those arrows and roll it down and... Inevitably, at the very end, it goes into the gutter or something. I learned hand to God. That was the with the boy I was oh. dating, Judson at the time. He was a 
big into it. He would, okay, so I, when you throw it, your hand goes straight up. Yeah, because I was not doing the end spin, and so you oh. learn. I learned hand of God. And yeah. so, and so, how well did you do after that? Not great. <laughs> I, I like the name Judson. Isn't that cute? Yeah. Uh-huh. Speaking nice of names, boy. I was looking up your Sam Shepard weather yep. guy. So Sam I think Champion. I think it was Sam Champion. It was. I meant that Sam Shepard was a playwright, and yeah, and he was married to Jessica Lang, and yes. he passed away. So close. I, I meant Sam Champion. But yeah, Sam Champion, yeah, he's a handsome guy, and he did seem to have some facial, some cheeky implants. Yeah, just yeah. Random. I was so close. Thank you for for catching me on yeah. that. People have been calling. I know. Oh, off the hook. It's been wild. <laughs> I know. Our call center is. The freaking call center out. is freaking out. We gotta pay those people. Give them some water. Okay, <laughs> give them some water, Rocco. We're getting you water right now. <laughs> so, you guys, the hard hitting questions are figured out here. Okay, what do we got? Should there or should there not be a sex emoji? Isn't right? that what the eggplant and peach is for? But you know so what? those are a combo. We've got combos. You have the one that's like a an okay finger and a pointer finger next to each sure. other. That's a good okay. one for, but so we don't have that. Well, that's what I'm asking you guys. Do you want one that just indicates funky town? I think it would be kind of fun <laughs> instead of having an eggplant or a peach or whatever else you got to throw out there. Yeah. And Donut. instead of having to say it, just, you know, bleep. Um, I want to bleep you. According to <laughs> a new survey, 86% of people Agree with you that but there should be a why. I mean, would it be? Well, this is the wildest part about the article that Julia Cobbs gave me. Did I not highlight the answer? No, you did. <laughs> but you highlight. This is the wildest part about this is the research. Two thirds of those people said that it should hint at sex. One third are like, no, we just want it of two people having sex. Well, that would be an animated GIF or something. Yeah, right. Like. Yeah, it could I don't look like that. a wrestling. I mean, emojis don't have that much detail. Right. I don't know how you would just do a flat emoji that meant sex. Just Unless like, it just said sex. And like, what would it be? Like, I don't know. Like, like two the, people uh, stuck together? Or like the back of someone? With some legs in the air? And then you, but you need it for all different sexes. You yeah, need, yeah, well, you can do that. All sorts of positions. For, for women, women, for men, men, for yeah, women, yeah. men. Yeah. You know, you would need all these different Well, with the new upgrade, with the new upgrade as of right now, you can actually pick, like, let's say, you know how they have the, like, the little couples? You can actually pick women, different uh, skin tones, different, you know, things like that. Um, anyway, so that's pretty easy, that interchangeable aspect. But, like, I just feel like that we don't need... The actual act. That's kind of where I'm at. I, I I wouldn't mind just something that just said. Julia doesn't have any time. She just needs to throw it out there. I mean, just like, like emoji question mark. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we have emojis for every other silly thing. That's true. In fact, I might text Justin. Hey, question mark. <laughs> well, right. I didn't even know I don't about have time the... for two. You don't. Yeah. You don't right. even know about the okay fingers I and the pointer? I don't know about that. <laughs> See, she knows about it. All right, when we come back, John Bream's going to join us talking all about the fifth year anniversary of Prince's passing away and what's going on at Paisley Park. We'll be right back. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are delighted to have John Bream, the music critic for the Star Tribune, since 1975, making him the longest-tenured pop critic at a U.S. daily newspaper. John has attended more than 8,000 concerts, written four books, and Prince Led Zeppelin, Neil Diamond, and Bob Dylan, and you are wonderful to be with us today, John. How are you? I'm doing 
okay. How about you? I'm good. Lori's not with us. We have Brittany instead, but we have Rocco here, who is like a number one Prince fan. <laughs> a lot of Prince fans we're hearing from this week. I bet. So what was it like going to Paisley Park yesterday? Well, it was the fifth anniversary of his passing at Paisley Park, and uh, it was very orderly. It was very solemn, kind of somber, a little... It was very different, I will say, from other times I've been to Paisley Park. I mean, obviously, I went there many times when he was alive. Right. And ever since I've gone there, you know, since he's passed, it's always felt empty. It's never smelled like Prince there. It it just feels kind of clinical, almost antiseptic, Um, and, and it always felt weird. But yesterday... We stood and they had 10 people go every 10 minutes. And so there were lines like shoots at a uh, at a horse racing track or something. Right. You stood whatever your time was and okay. you stood in line there. And actually there were only seven people in my group. And we walked in and I was speaking with the, the woman who was in front of me in line. And she flew in from Syracuse just for the day. She was a big Prince fan. She wow. went to Paisley Park regularly, even though she lived in another city. And we were just talking, and they, you know, they wand you and search you, and then all of a sudden you walk in, and, and I felt a little tinge of emotion as I turned the corner because you walk down this hallway, and then you turn into the atrium, and all of a sudden, there is his urn. Now his urn used to, when they first opened it as a museum in the fall of 2016, the urn was right in the front, in the in the middle of um, the floor. Right. Then they moved it up into a kind of plastic enclosed um, case that was protruding from the mezzanine so you couldn't get close to it. And then in 2019, they removed the urn altogether. So now to walk in and see it surrounded by flowers and a a, a purple velvet rope um, around it, it it just felt like a funeral home. Oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah, I remember that going uh, in 2016. When you would take the tour, you'd... The first thing you'd see would be, you know, the in the atrium was the was the the ashes box, which is uh, looks like Paisley Park, or at least it. it did yeah, it was that. startling. You you know, you walk in and the first thing that hits you is this this urn, the ceramic urn that was custom made to look like Paisley Park with a big print symbol in front of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and that's what, and that's still in it's still in that Paisley Park shaped urn. Right. It's okay. in the urn. It was placed on top of two mirrored pedestals, and it was just surrounded by bouquets of flowers, different arrangements, and then kind of trails and rivers of flowers all over the place. And then the, the purple velvet ropes were in a semicircle around it, so you couldn't get that close to it. And, of course, we couldn't take photos. Oh, you could. Okay. Lock up our cell phones. And right. I, I saw in your article, they said you said the gift shop was closed. Was there anything else out there? Were there videos, screens, or... This nothing. Big state, nothing. All that there was is you got to spend 10 minutes there. There are boxes of tissues on either side of the room. If you needed them, there were no chairs. Um, most of the other exhibits that are in that room, if you've ever been on a tour there, there's a couple of rooms that go off to the side that have exhibits. They were covered with black curtains. Of course, the elevator, the door to the elevator is painted over. So, you know, unless you know your way around Paisley, you wouldn't even know that the elevator was there. And um, then you got to walk down the, the, the long hallway and exit out the employee's back entrance to the parking lot. In the parking lot, there were all kinds of tables covered with uh, white paper and, pe- and there were 
piles and piles of purple sharpies that people could write things on the the tablecloths. And then there was a fence there where you could put Put things up, and then lots and lots of people were um, tossing bouquets around the... uh, the giant symbol, love symbol that they erected last year in front of Paisley, and uh, that that was um, partitioned off, but you could throw flowers over, and someone would you could hand them to someone, and they'd put them there. And people were taking pictures in front of the giant symbol. Okay. Right. Do you think that they wanted it to feel like a funeral home to kind of because it was the fifth year anniversary, or I, I don't know what their intention was. Their intention was to to honor Prince on the right. fifth anniversary. Um, right. They did not charge admission. It was free. Right. But you had to make reservations. Um, you know, they wanted it to be different than all the other years. For the first three years, we had uh, celebration, and so right. there was big events and speakers and performances and that sort of thing. Uh, this year it was more solemn and somber, and it was kind of the first, <clears throat> excuse me, public memorial at Paisley that they've had. Now, I remember last year, I think before the pandemic hit, they were going to move Celebration away from the death anniversary and more to his birthday weekend in the summer, right? And then the pandemic hit and they kind of just canceled everything? Correct. Okay. And then they really hadn't announced plans for Celebration this year, and then they announced at some point that it was called off. Yeah. Gosh, I I bet that was different. Um, You know, the new album... Has the new album come out? No. Or is it coming out in July? No, July. End July. Of July. Are you excited about that? Yes, because it's it's an album that was never released before. I mean, we've heard some of the songs, and it was not an album that was widely bootlegged or anything like that. So it, it's exciting to have new prints. It's got some very topical songs that will resonate as much in 2021 as they did in 2010 when he wrote them and recorded them. Right, I, and I never knew, because um, you're right. As a fan, and I have a handful of bootlegs, I've never seen any of these. Shame songs, really. on you, Rocco! I no, know um, he's bootlegging Apple TV today. Oh, yes, we're we we're outing him, John. <laughs> I know. He's but our bootlegger. I had no idea that he did uh, a Soul Asylum Dave Perner song. Did were you aware that that was the case? Do you know anything about? Yeah, that? I was aware they covered that Soul Asylum song. I, I think Michael Bland, who who is Prince's former drummer and was a drummer with is a drummer with Soul Asylum, probably turned him on to the song and stand up and be strong. So it was the kind of anthem that resonated with Prince when you're trying to do political songs. Right. Okay, so I was wondering this, John, and I don't think we've ever asked you this before. Do you have an, a favorite album and or song of Prince's that you just think there's nothing that's as good as this anywhere? Nothing compares to this, yeah. Um, <laughs> Very good. My favorite album is Sign of the Times, which got the the big deluxe box set treatment last year and well-deserved. But I think that was uh, his masterpiece in the recording studio. Yeah, that's, I actually that's have my that favorite, one. too. That's your favorite, too? Yeah. I mean, that whole period, that, uh, you know, li- mid to late 80s, you know, 86 to 88, 89 is, is pretty amazing. Um, yeah, just, and it's important that my talk hire bootleggers with good shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can. That's get you. always an interview question here, John. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of interesting because with what's gone on in our community lately, and thinking if Prince was alive during this time of you know George Floyd's um, death and everything that went on, I just think that he would have been a big part of everything that's been happening here. I totally agree. I, I remember saying to someone last year, 
the week that um, George Floyd died, that I w- it was a f- the time I was missing Prince the most since he had passed. Yeah. Because we needed to hear his voice and yeah. how he would treat this. And we remember back just you know a couple of years earlier when he had um, done that song Baltimore, which was inspired by the death of Freddie Gray at the right. hands of police in Baltimore. It would have been it would have been pretty powerful. Um, and I think so that's he why was it, always paying attention to what was going on, yeah. in the world, even though he lived in his own little purple world. Right, and I think that's why people people are kind of excited for this Welcome to America uh, because it was kind of a, a pol- at least the, the first single that we've heard that Welcome to America is very political and and it'll be interesting to see what have you heard how many songs off the new album have you have you been privy to. Uh, well, I've, there's a couple of the songs on the album that came out in different versions on Hit and Run Phase 2 in uh, the last album he put out in 2015. Um, but they're different versions. Um, and I think I've heard one other song. And then there's another Prince album that came out before that's coming out for Record Store Day on June 12th, coming out for the first time as a single record. It's called The Truth. And it was released in 98 as part of uh, the Crystal Ball box set. And that was one that had four different CDs in it. Well, now The Truth was one of them. And that's coming out as a solo vinyl release, limited editions. Um, and it's a very acoustic, guitar-oriented album. Yeah, there's some really pretty songs on that. Um, so that's just going to come out on vinyl? or is there right. gonna, Yeah, okay, gotcha. For the first time. It, you know, it's only been available in the box of the crystal ball CDs before. Oh gosh. John, <clears throat> when are you going to go to a concert? When are concerts coming back? I'm going to my first concert tomorrow night. Woo! Um, mm. What are you going at to? The new new Belvedere tent at Crooners out in Fridley. Yes. They've got a big tent they're putting up this year, uh capacity 150 people. And they're kicking it off on Friday and Saturday with Jamisia Bennett who we've seen on lots of theater stages in town, the Guthrie, Park Square, Ordway, you name it. And she's the lead singer of Sounds of Blackness, Mm -hmm. and she is just a vocal powerhouse. So she's doing an evening of blues and jazz on Friday and Saturday. And then on Sunday night, they have Ricky Peterson and the Peterson Brothers. Ricky just released a new album. I'd call it Light Funk. It's mostly instrumentals, but when you get the Petersons live, they get super funky. Right. So that could be a great time on Sunday night. And do you think more people are more venues are going to do that with the tents? Well, some of the um, other clubs are doing you know smaller tent situations, mm-hmm. so looking ladder over in the Longfellow neighborhood of um, South Minneapolis is, is doing one. Ice House will be doing one on Eighth Street. Um, so there'll be some other clubs doing things like that. But there's only so much room. Not everyone right. has, you know, space for a tent in a parking lot or whatever. The Dakota certainly can't do something like that. Right. So, um, and First Avenue can't do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you see vaccination, you know, um, you know, cards that maybe they're going to start going to that at some of the venues that need to, you know, more indoor venues. You'd have well, to that's show a good proof. question, Julia, because they were talking about pr- proving that you've been vaccinated to go to the Burning Man Festival out in <laughs> Nevada this year, and now they seem to change their stance. I just read an interesting thing today about Jimmy Buffett is doing a series of four outdoor concerts next month in Delray Beach, Florida, and it's going to be limited capacity. It's a 3,500-seat outdoor venue. They're going to limit it to 888 people, 
and they're going to seat people in pods of four. So they're going to have a socially distanced outdoor concert. Obviously, he could sell way more tickets. Of course. But they're they're giving it a try. And then over in England, I just read that they're, the Brit Awards, which is their equivalent to the Grammys, they're actually doing a government-affiliated test. They're having a limited audience, 4,000 people in the O2 Arena, which holds probably 20,000 people. Right. And there's going to be no social distancing, no social distancing, no masks required. They're going to test before and they're going to test after, and they're going to do contact tracing, and, and they're doing it sort of as a, I don't know if it would be a test or an experiment, just to see what would happen if you allow sort of a normal concert situation to return. Right. Well, fingers crossed that goes well. So obviously people in the industry are very anxious to get back I bet. to performing. Fans obviously are very anxious to see their their you know favorite music artists again in concert. Yeah. So there'll be little tests here and there to see which works best, which is the most effective so we can all stay safe and enjoy the music. Oh gosh, knock on wood that that those are successful because well, I think it's it, people are missing that so so much, and I'm looking. And then at, the shows that you don't make it to, Julia Rocco <laughs> will have a bootleg. That's for right. You. I'll bring him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was just looking at the first half calendar. It looks like you know they're they're going to do that Bob Dylan uh, 80th birthday thing, and that's going to be seated. But then I saw in July they still they have like a, a Seventh Street entry show on the books. Do you think they're going to start? Having, you know, full capacity at the Seventh Street entry, half capacity. Do we do we have any idea what their plan is for stuff like that? I haven't heard what the specifics are in capacity for that. Um, but the entry is so small to begin with. Yes. That you know, if you did half capacity, it's a pretty small crowd. Right. And it, it's different when you're just doing local acts because you might not get as big a turnout, and there's an opportunity to see them more regularly. But when you get touring acts, there, there's a big demand, and it's expensive to take. Uh, a band on tour, no matter what level you're at, and in order to go on tour, you have to play multiple cities to to make it worth your while financially. And every state seems to have different rules. You know, I was talking to a promoter for uh, the Twin Cities Summer Jam, and he was saying, you know, if we can't book these artists and have full capacity at at, at their show at uh, Canterbury or Chocopee. Right. The artist might move to another another state, state where they're allowed to have full venue. Right. You know, you can you can go to Iowa, you can go to the Dakotas and and have full attendance. Right. So it, it's going to be tough decision making for these people whether the artists want to move elsewhere, um, or you want to you know go for total safety. You know, do you want a situation like you had last year at Sturgis where you know hundreds of thousands of people showed up and and dozens and dozens of people got sick. Right. Well, let's just hope people are getting vaccinated. Vaccinate, vaccinate, vaccinate. That's what we're preaching, John. Thank you so much for being with us today. And My pleasure. And we will be talking to you soon. I hope everything um, goes well at the new Belvedere tent at Crooners. That sounds cool. I'm looking forward to it, and I'll have a review on that in Sunday's paper. We'll so read it. We'll read it. Thanks so much. Talk All to you right, soon, okay? You. Keep rocking. Okay, we will keep rocking. When we come back, it's time to Hollywood speak. What are you trying to say? Hollywood! Hollywood speaking! What is All the right. meaning of what this? What does it mean? Just, mm, 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 just mm. in time for 420. Oh, the yeah. The NFL players um, passed uh, they, the, um, the 
passed their collective bargaining bargaining agreement. Did they, did they puff puff pass it? They did. Oh, okay. they, they passed that. Be, this was the trade off. Okay. Okay. For the NFL to go to seventeen games next year. Uh huh. I think they're adding what two? Is it two or three? I uh, I forget. I forget. But I they're mean, adding games. Yeah. To their season. Yeah, yeah. The players wanted them to pass the law that they could smoke pot and not be tested and not be um, eliminated or suspended from games if they tested positive for pot, which is legal in so many of the states already, 16 states, I believe. Yeah. So instead, what they said, this is the agreement that they reach. They can only be tested for marijuana in the preseason, and they will know when the testing is happening. Basically, from when you show up at camp until the first preseason game, you're going to be tested. That's it. Yep, that's it. They're not because they used to have a part of their regular drug testing is yeah, that yeah, they would yeah. test you for THC. Yeah. So that is now wiped out. Well, almost wiped out. Well, except for that pre-season. Three weeks, I know, wonder for- why they feel they want to do it. Like, is it just like a starting slate of like, okay, be clean for the beginning? Right. Sure. Maybe what? that's it. Yeah. Maybe that's they just said, you know, we want everyone clean at the beginning of the season. But, yeah, but people take, you know, you know, the products for, but it doesn't have the THC in it. But anyway, well, the Hollywood speak on that is tit for tat. We'll let you smoke pot if you play more games for us. And also, why not? Like, they, they deal with all these, they get hit in the head, let them get a little high. Just a little high. But the weird thing is, so you can you can smoke in the off season, but not in the regular season? You can no, smoke, you can in, the smoke in the regular season. Just not but the you're t- only going to get tested. They will only be tested for marijuana in the preseason. They'll know when the testing is happening they're gonna have to quit smoking weed for a like a month before preseason and then they can go ahead after preseason but why are we even doing this dance i, I mean, don't know you know it's yeah. legal in it is legal. illinois where yeah. the chicago bears yeah, it's play legal it's legal in new york it's where legal the denver broncos in california play. right yeah. yeah i don't get I wonder it. if the military still tests for marijuana I'll look into it. You look into that for us. Well, remember drug testing used to be a big thing before you got jobs. I yeah. mean, think of all those states that they used to drug test in. And I don't even know what's going on with all that because, and people are so portable with their jobs. Now, who knows? Who knows? But anyway, that's just news. That wasn't really Hollywood speak. <laughs> so I apologize for oh that. Okay, gosh. good. Demerit. I, I, <laughs> I'm just glad you apologized formally. <laughs> Okay. I'm not sure I accept the apology. All right. And that's okay with me because I'm so okay with that. This is the segment that only Lori is good at. Only Lori is good at. We're this is, garbage at This it. is, we ad- and we admit it. We know we it. own it. We know our strength. But it's, guess what? We a, know our weaknesses, there too. There we do. So Megan McCain is yeah. on The View, okay? Yeah. And she, um, she has um, pretty long blonde hair. Mm-hmm. But what has been happening to her this year, they have a stylist. Yeah. Who does the women's hair? She has some of the most outrageous, like Rapunzel, Rapunzel, pull down your hair, or Chrissy, like the doll, grow your hair with the braid on top of your head where you hold the hair and you pull the braid and it keeps growing. What? She has funny hairstyles. If you look up Megan McCain's hairstyles. Yeah, they're all over the place. And so it's like, why are they making her look so bad? Do you think she is hitting that age where I'm kind of at, where you kind of death grip to youth and like is that trying what, different stuff out. Well, the stylist is, and she's okay with it, apparently. Are yeah. you trying to hold on to your youth? Whoa, yes, 100%. 
Is, like a is little. there a certain age, like what like what clothes will you still wear a boob tube? Or what are the clothes that when you were holding on to your age that you let go of? Like, Well, like I still, you know how they're like, okay, skinny jeans are done, mom jeans are in. I'm thinking to myself, I need a pair of mom jeans. So like I'm still I'm trying surprised to keep, you don't have them. I do have them. I know you don't do. be silly. I, I know all don't of the clothes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like I, I'm still at an age where like I kind of wanna make sure you're following up. the yeah. young trends. Yeah, and I know that at some point, as opposed because, to me, who just and yeah, doesn't care, doesn't care, wears whatever for years. Like I still am finding myself like, hey, you know, Gen Z got rid of the side part, so here I am with a, you know, I'll do a middle part then, you know. It's wrong. So I'm. I still care, and I hate that I care, but I still care. I care, but I don't care in a trend way. Okay. But so you, I get what you're saying. So at your in your age group, because you and Megan McCain are both 23, and so you are still caring about hanging on to your teenage years. Yeah. You're gripping it hard. Death I get gripping. it, and I think you might be onto something. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I just Hollywood spoke but myself. That was really good. But if you looked up her hairstyles, they're kooky. They're crazy. And you you wonder why is how does that look good? But maybe it's on trend. Maybe like it's you on said. Trend. Yeah. Maybe it is. When we come back. Oh my gosh, I never even knew this existed, but there's such a thing called um, foreplay dice, I think. Mm. We're going to talk.